1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a this two is a year low. There who are, of course,
1: complex reasons for that. Of He was the business. big spender. Right. The big spender. Doing Mr. The grocery 28. shopping could take a huge
0: chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance. Hello, and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam, and we're joined, as always, by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas.
1: Yeah, good day, Adam.
0: How are you going? Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas, have you bought me a present yet this year for Christmas? You'll uh, f- be here no, before you know it.
1: Right, yeah, I should get onto that. Thanks for mm. the reminder.
0: <laughs> well, if you are looking for a present, Thomas, uh, for a loved one, I e me, or just a nice stocking filler, or even a treat for yourself, then check out the Equity Mates Get Started Investing book. It is available online at Booktopia and at all good bookshops. Uh, so perhaps keep that in mind when you're shopping, Thomas. Mm. It's not much. Mm. I don't yeah. know. I don't know the price, but I, I think I'm worth it.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it's reasonable. I mean, you don't read those, so we'll need the audible <laughs> version. <laughs>
0: This is true, yeah. But I do often have things that I need to raise up slightly. <laughs> so it will definitely come in handy. <laughs> uh, no, nah, it, is, it is a good read. It is a good read. Definitely I recommend that one. Uh, a massive show coming up as we bid hoo to to deliveroo. Customers are left wondering just who their next meal is coming from. The UK had another mini budget. Did the Prime Minister survive this one? Who even is the Prime Minister anyway? And the FIFA World Cup in Qatar is having an impact on liquidity and I'm not just talking about the lack of beer. But first, Thomas, we've got pages of wages. What did we learn?
1: (laughs) Well, it comes in three stages. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man, this it goes on for ages. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah. No, we had, we had two two data points last week from the labor market. The two sort of big ones. We got unemployment rate and our, our quarterly look at wages. Mm. Uh, unemployment rate dipped back down to three point four percent in October. So mm. total jobs up thirty two thousand, which was a decent result. But yeah. Basically, I mean, the monthly labour force started chops around a bit, so the story there is we're holding at 3.4%.
0: Do we have a target band for unemployment like we have for inflation? No, we don't. We
1: don't. We don't.
0: It wouldn't be a good look, would it? No, <laughs> we keep missing it. To have a target band. <laughs> we really want to see it up around 10% of the country unemployed. That's when, <laughs> we'll, that's when we're happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're
0: doing everything we can. We're pulling out all the stops. To get rid of jobs.
1: So the, the labor market remains very tight. I saw another interesting data point where mm. it looked at the number of job openings as a percentage of the labor force, mm. and typically that's around one to one and a half percent. But since COVID, it's jumped up to around three and a half percent, and it's been holding there. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of open jobs. Right. A lot of lot of jobs going, not a lot of people to fill them. The basic story there. So yeah, very tight
0: still. So you got to question what the three point four percent of people are doing then. So many jobs open. Get out there and work. Is that, that's what we're saying
1: no 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 there's a number of vacancies as a share of the labour force is it three and a half percent oh
0: as a share of the labour force
1: yeah yeah oh you, well, yeah but 3.4% no. people are unemployed yeah yeah well it takes a while to find a job
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to get you to say something controversial right. Um no I understand <laughs> <laughs> so, so, some of these jobs are hard <laughs> might, be a lot of, might be a lot of job openings for doctors. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> as much as Barry would love to give it a crack, I'm not sure that's where we need to be as, as a society.
1: So labour market's been very tight for most of the year. Mm. We've got wages for the September quarter. They came out at 1% in the quarter, which was higher than expected, 3.1% over the year, a bit higher than expected as well. Uh, first time annual wages are above 3% since 2013 so that was seen as a pretty strong number but it's not that strong it's not really no i was going to say
0: cuz inflation's what
1: 47 7, seven. Yeah. seven. Mm.
0: so it's yeah, kind of right. it's never going to be i don't even think we can talk about it being a strong number of wages growth
1: mm when if real wages are four trailing. 4%
0: yeah it's trailing yeah. inflation by 8%. I mean, a like, mm. cracking number if this is 10 years ago. Like, great job. You yeah. Smashed yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on point. We're right on track with inflation at 2 or 3%, target ban. We've got wages roughly 3%, like yeah, yeah. just killing it, RBA. But, yeah, no. Well, the, What's the RBA got to do with wages, anything?
1: Uh, just the,
0: well, they've, they've got they the interest th- rates.
1: Yeah, they think about it a lot. They think about it a lot. <laughs> Well I mean the, the, the thing is so so the RBA reckons that you can have wages growing at sort of around 3.75 to 4% is consistent with inflation in the target band of 2 to 3%. So wages okay. growth above up to 4% isn't a problem as mm-hmm. far as the RBA is concerned. So wages at 3.1 is definitely not a problem. Mm. So it probably means that Yeah. There's nothing there that the RBA is going to be worried about at all. And because the other thing is like September should have was really the quarter where you would have expected wages to pop because Mm. you had the Fair Work Commission had the minimum wage review and that handed down a pretty big number 4.6 to 5.2 percent depending on where you were in the spectrum. Um, so that was, that was big and that's in this, in this data. So that should have shown up. The immigration's only just starting to come back through this quarter has ju- just come back and that, w- that's kept the labor market tight. Like there's, I think sort of stats like there's the, the labor force is 430,000 people smaller than it would have been if the pandemic hadn't in- interrupted immigration. Right. So there's a big, big drop in the, in the labor force, which is why the labor market's so tight. That extra extra work expanded workforce mm, would put sure. downward pressure on wages. Um, yep. So yeah, so th- but that so that st- immigration starting to come back that should help the labor market soften, but that hasn't started just yet. The RBA's rate hikes hadn't really taken effect in the September quarter. They're just sort of starting to work their way through the system. Right. Uh, and September quarter is, is normally your busiest quarter for wage adjustments. It's normally when a lot of awards roll over and um, that flows through to other sectors. And typically, yeah, wait, September is when most companies... I don't know about most, but that's that's your busy quarter for um, wage adjustments. Right. So you really should have seen... Um, a big number if you, going, if you were going to see a big number in wages it would have been this quarter
0: hmm.
1: but we didn't we saw 3.1% which is fr- whatever so like the so in there, that, that suggests there's no evidence of a wage price spiral in Australia like wages are right. not getting out of hand wages are not feeding through into inflation we don't need to be worried about wages driving up inflation it's, there's just no evidence of that in the data
0: Okay. Um, so does that mean that inflation then is out of hand? Like like it's just runaway doing its own thing?
1: Uh, a little bit it, it, it more means it's it's still mostly driven by supply shocks and energy prices. Right. That's that's what it is. And so it's not it's not real it's not self-perpetuating yet.
0: Hmm. And
1: and that's the the worry that the central banks have. If they they leave it for too long, it becomes self-perpetuating and then it just goes and goes and goes. Mm. On this data, with with wages at 3.1%, as soon as those supply shocks work through the system, inflation should just come straight back down. Oh, easy. That's what that means, yeah. Which then means that there's no real need to Mm. stomp on demand by jacking up interest rates. Right. That make sense?
0: Hear that, Phil? It's enough (laughs) for the interest rates.
1: Yeah, we know you're listening. Right.
0: Yeah. So, so you're you thinking like the next RBA meeting that they won't raise rates? Is that – or is it get a bit bit longer to play out?
1: Yeah, I think they're probably a bit committed, but I probably reckon one more in December and then yep. possibly done.
0: Right, possibly done.
1: Possibly done, yeah, yeah. Because okay. you also got like – so Seek, you know, the job agency Seek, yep. they publish a advertised salary index. Mm. Um, and that's rolled over, so that was up around showing like 4.4, 4.5. That's now under four, clearly. Yeah, three point seven. So it's clearly rolled over.
0: <laughs> what, what is that? Four point what? Four point what? Something percent of job? Is that the job openings?
1: No, no that's the salary index. So the ab- advertised salary index. So they take all the the salaries, pay yeah. the pay scales advertised on the jobs on the platform. Yeah. And create an index.
0: I just have no reference for the four number, like four point whatever.
1: Four point four percent. That's a growth rate. That's what they're saying there. Ah, oh,
0: I got gotcha. you. Okay. That's what yeah. I'm missing.
1: Yeah, right. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, go back to ignoring you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, in this case, you shouldn't say percent. So I was like, right, I didn't sorry. know if it was just a, a number um, uh-huh, uh-huh. that C could yeah. come up with. Maybe they had, they had an index of some kind. They're uh-huh. like. I get, yeah. Four, I get, four jobs available. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no wages pressure. It's not a story. Yeah. It doesn't look like. So in that, in that sense, you know, it feels like we're kind of back to sort of something neutral. Hmm. With like everyone's worried about a recession in 2023. If that's the worry, like let's, let's ease off the rate hikes and just see, what, see how it flows.
0: Yeah, right. Because like that sounds like we're headed towards smooth sailing but everyone's still talking about recessions so mm. like the way you're f- sort of framing it and you know the way I'm I'm hearing it is like we're good now we're like you know wages are kind of about where we want them to be inflation's high but it's going to come start coming down like we kind of we can just kind of soft landing nailed
1: it i think i think on on this data at least it suggests yeah we're we're kind of looking to nail that soft landing
0: Oh, we um, land this baby on an aircraft carrier. The way we're going, <laughs> <laughs> skinny little, skinny little dirt, dirt road in a field, two hundred metres long. <laughs> Touchdown.
1: <laughs> we might land that soft landing, but the real question, the real problem, I think, for the Australian economy is like, when does wages ever grow? You know, mm. if you've got unemployment at three point four percent, inflation in the sevens, and wages is growing at three point one percent, when do you ever get decent wage growth? Mm. like if it's not now then when is it and Mm. so i think there's something i don't know structurally wrong with the way the labor market's constructed at the moment and maybe it's you know i think yeah it's just labor's bargaining power has been eroded over the years to a point now which i think is is kind of problematic it means we're seeing big falls in living standards Mm. um yeah, real household income is going to have the biggest fall since the 1990s recession based on the budget projections. Cuz the real takes the inflation's eating into the spending plus real wage real wages are going down. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's worse than the 1990s recession in terms of household disposable income. Like that's not a great outcome. Like that's I feel mm. like that's there's there's something problematic there that needs needs addressing.
0: I reckon you could turn that into a chant on the, you know, on the protest march. Like if not now, When? You know, that kind Mm. of call response, Mm. like, you know, get out there. (laughs) (laughs) What do we want? Wages growth. If not now, when? When? You know, that kind of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll be there. I'll be, well, I'll I'll be be probably live streaming it. But you have my support. (laughs) All right, Thomas. What happened to Deliveroo?
1: Mm, Yeah, Deliveroo is rooted. <laughs> so, yeah, I can do puns too.
0: <laughs> Deliver screwed. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. No, the Australian operations has gone into voluntary administration, mm-hmm. so they're just they're just winding it up. There's yeah, 120 staff getting laid off, 15,000 riders that work, um, and 12,000 restaurants. Are going to be uh-huh. affected by it.
0: So they were all. It was um. It was all push bikes, wasn't it? Deliveroo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so.
0: Mostly, like where you know, I think they just had lots of pedal-powered bikes roaming the cities. That,
1: yeah, that's the images. Yeah, I, th- mm. I think that's right. Yeah, like uh-huh. all, definitely all there. the all the images of them is that people on bikes with big boxes.
0: Mm. Going to make it tough when it comes to selling off the assets, then, isn't it? It's not a lot of money in second-hand bikes <laughs> with big boxes on them. <laughs> with big boxes. On them. <laughs>
1: Yeah. One thing I didn't realise—I thought I always thought Deliveroo was an Australian company, but they're Mm. they're set up in London, backed by Amazon, listed on the London London Stock Exchange. Yeah. Uh, Just cashing in on the Australian image, kangaroo. Yeah,
0: like coat of arms animal, no less. That's—they've gone Uh, right to
1: the top. Yeah. We should have got a licensing fee from them in the WTO. Yeah. Yeah. If you're
0: going to use our national national emblem animal. Mm. You know, what's next? Deliver emu? (laughs) (laughs) Where does it stop?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I suppose it's England. Like, What are they going to do? Deliver badger? (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of inspiring animals in the UK.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Share us an email, com, if you can come up with an inspiring English animal. We're getting into the World Cup now, so I'm starting oh. to get excited and get a bit patriotic and a bit sort of, you know, mm. <laughs> very much as I did when the Cricket World Cup was on two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> and as I will for the next Sporting World Cup. Uh, mm. Anyway, well, we're going to talk World yeah. Cup later on. So so what happened to Deliveroo?
1: The global uh, company just pulled the pin on Australian operations. Right. Uh, Australia accounts for 3% of their company revenue mm. and we're just saying, us oh, it's just not worth it. I mean, they've done this as well in Germany, Taiwan, Spain, and the Netherlands, hmm. they just shut down operations. They're saying it's not working. To make the Australian business financially viable required a big investment and the risk reward just didn't stack up, hmm. just wasn't going to work. And, and mostly because it's just become really competitive. Like you've now got Uber Eats, Menu Log, DoorDash, and Deliveroo, Mm. All competing for a pie that's shrinking pretty quickly with the end of COVID. Yeah, like all all of these sort of these delivery businesses made sense and stacked up when um, with COVID and everyone at home. I think you had two. You had two factors driving driving this. You had COVID and everyone at home, so there was a big big uptick in demand for this this service. Plus you had super cheap money and a lot of money flowing to tech. And so it was easy to, to something like Deliveroo to go, yeah, like we're, we're a tech player, we've got good systems mm. and everyone's stuck at home and we've got easy access to cheap cash. Yeah. Now, you know, the market, the total market size is shrinking. I think they're getting slapped around by Uber Eats. Uber Eats has 56% of the market in Australia. Yeah, right. So, so they're, they're far and away the most dominant player. Yeah and
0: not to mention they might be getting beat out a bit by uh walk to the shops <laughs> which, <laughs> which which in times of high inflation you know sometimes yeah. sometimes you know I prefer instead of getting Uber Eats or DoorDash to just walk to the shops and buy mm. my food. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's it's kind of, you know, it's kind of retro,
1: but right, yeah. <laughs>
0: But is inflation a thing here too? Like say, so is, you know, discretionary spending? It's one thing yeah. to get takeaway. It's probably another thing to go, well, I'm going to get it delivered to my house for an extra fee. You
1: know, when inflation's high, the typical sort of rule of thumb I think about, when inflation's high and it's eating into household budgets, which we know that it is, mm. that there's a bit of a pivot away from ready-made meals and fast food to Woolworths and Coles. That's why those like consumer staples tend to be a bit recession-proof in a sense because they pick up extra demand as as people cut back their discretionary spending. Mm. It go they, they've still got to eat. You, you can't get around that. But yeah. you, either, you either you know drop a lot of money on a on a takeaway meal delivered or you go and mm. make something from the shops. So mm. yeah, that's what's happened to them. So yeah, like yeah, the market share is shrinking. Yeah, because people are getting out and about and they've got less disposable income and it's just a really competitive market. And so, so Deliveroo's just going, no, nah, it's just not worth it. We can't make it work. Mm. We're out.
0: Um, so what happens to – because I know Deliveroo had <laughs> – they've had a few issues in the past, not the least of which was – did you catch their um, April Fool's gag this year? where they sent a fake invoice to all of their customers going, Haha, we just o- you just ordered 30 pizzas. Um, it was pretty yeah, much a yeah. phishing attack. <laughs> 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 and then people took to Twitter and everything, just completely outraged, going, why have you billed me for 30 pizzas I didn't order? And they were like, April Fool's. <laughs> you guys insane? That
1: is the least creative April Fool's Day joke I could Isn't imagine it? doing with like a Yeah, delivery like a platform. fake invoice. A fake invoice, that's pretty...
0: Like a fake it's Not bill. even.
1: Cl- not even clever. I was <laughs> like, what?
0: Yeah. Wow. Maybe they thought like because the, the opposite would be like you've won free pizza, click here too. Ah. And then you've got the disappointment and finding out you haven't won free pizza. So maybe they thought, well, why don't we start low? We'll start with the disappointment of... You've accidentally ordered 30 pizzas and then people will be like, what? I didn't order 30 pizzas? Ah, oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The, the marketing yeah. team may, maybe has some, has some answers. There's been a lot of like industry pressure, and it's not just on delivery but on everyone, hasn't there, like around mm. wages and whether they're the the riders or the whatever are actually employees or if they're not mm. and what kind of awards and pay, like that's got to take its toll on all of these organisations too, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, well, I mean Uber, Uber's getting on the front foot with this. So the Uber and I think Menulog, I have to check that, definitely Uber signed an agreement with the Transport Workers Union right. um, to sort of push forward and, and, yeah, try to bring some sort of yeah it's certainty to the gig work gig economy work and saying like yeah let yeah it's flexible work it's designed to be that but doesn't mean you can be without protections mm. so they got on the front for it. deliveroo hadn't done that they've been tied up in courts because they fired they fired someone a couple of years ago right. um because he wasn't delivering fast enough and they just cut him out of the app said "Nope, you're out and he's oh, like wow. oh man i'm kind of for all intents and purposes i am an employee i wear your jacket i ride your bike You tell me where to go. (laughs)
0: He's wearing a company uniform. Sorry, mate. I can't see. I don't know how you got the idea that you work for us. (laughs) (laughs) Just because you've got a Deliveroo helmet on, and you're wearing a Deliveroo jacket and Deliveroo shirt, and you're riding a bike that says Deliveroo. Yeah, and when you rock up,
1: you're instructed to say, "Hi, I'm from Deliveroo." (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: in the court. When you answer your phone, you have to say Deliveroo, <laughs> Jared speaking. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. But no, no. they're independent contractors. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the court ruling on it was just stupid. Like the, the, the judge handing down a gentleman said, like, obviously for all intensive purposes they are employees and they act like employees, mm. but the high court says that we should not look at that. We should only look at the contract. And based on the contract, they're subcontractors they're independent contractors so that's right. that's that's where it ends hmm. so that's what happened to that guy which, which the transport worker Junior was like this is ridiculous
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so that so that was sort of happening and uber got on the front foot on that delivery was a bit behind the ball they, they did say that, it, that that wasn't a factor in deciding it was more that they just got the competition was too hot and they couldn't handle it I didn't, right. I didn't point the fingers at that, but it, probably, it possibly would have been a, a was well, It's
0: no guy. surprise that Uber got there first. They're driving cars. Deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't, we, uh, why don't we pause here? We'll grab a word from this week's sponsor. be back with more Comedian versus Economist right after this.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Welcome back You're on Comedian versus Economist. We'd love it if you gave a show a rating and left a review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show this year, then think of it as your Christmas gift to us. It would really help us out. Uh, Thomas, we're talking UK inflation, and they had a mini budget. What's going on with their mini budget this time? Who lost their job this time around?
1: <laughs> no it's, it's gone down okay gone down okay the um the, i love that the economist magazine said it wasn't a great budget but at least it was sane right so yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the benchmark in the uk now deliver a sane. i think budget. this is a it,
0: this is a bit of a trend because it's a bit like when joe biden came in he couldn't kind of lose if he just stayed sane Do you know what I mean? Like as long as he just kind of went, you know, I'm just going to be a normal president and I'm just going to do normal presidential things, then even if his policies weren't totally spot on, it was still better than what had just happened. (laughs) (laughs) So I think after chaos, if you can just come in and be a bit normal...
1: You know what? I'm not going to overthrow democracy. <laughs> That's central plank of my platform. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just not yeah. going to overthrow democracy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought about inciting a riot on, <laughs> and take <laughs> and storming the steps of of the White House, but then I thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they
1: yeah. definitely learned from experience. Mm. Um, the tories in the uk so yeah the chancellor of the exchequer jeremy hunt he's the he's the new treasurer handed down a mini budget well, it wasn't a mini budget it was an autumn statement oh
0: an autumn yeah. statement yes yeah i love, love it if, so he's it was, so he's distancing himself already from the mini budget because yeah,
1: yeah. i mean it's a bit ridiculous yeah <laughs> two mini budgets in three months or so. yeah
0: so <laughs> the it's the autumn, autumn statement, statement.
1: Hmm. Ah. Yeah. So open with, aren't the leaves lovely this time of year?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the autumn colours. What was in his autumn statement?
1: Well, whereas the last the last mini budget that that killed our Liz Truss's uh, prime ministership, mm. they were that was they were promising to lift spending and cut taxes. Mm. This one went, ah, see see where they went wrong. <laughs> we're going to lift taxes and cut Ooh. spending. Okay.
0: So,
1: yeah. Yeah, twenty-five billion pounds worth of higher taxes and cuts the government programs of thirty billion. Right, bit of a shift in tone.
0: Is this? I, I've heard the phrase austerity budget getting bandied mm. around. Is this an? Is this an austerity budget? And what is an austerity budget? Well, yeah, an austerity budget is a budget that that cuts back on spending
1: mm. when it's not really a good time to cut back on spending. So it's a little. So it's a bit interesting in the UK at the moment. Like it seems that the UK is already in recession. Jer- yeah. That's what Jeremy Hunt said when he made this statement, saying, "Yeah, we've already had one quarter. It looks like we've got a second quarter baked in. We're in recession. Mm. So typically, like the you know the Keynesian school of thinking around that is like when when there's a fall in demand, when you've got a recession, you want your government to step in and sort of like prop it prop things up a bit and spend a bit of money and get things going again." Mm. An austerity budget sort of says like no nah, that doesn't matter it doesn't matter like you think of like the classic is greece in recent history like mm. when the greek debt crisis happened then they had austerity budgets imposed upon them even though the economy was tanking and it was down gdp was down 20 percent there was they were being forced to sell off all their assets and raise taxes and um yeah cut spending right yeah, and it's controversial because it's it's hard to see where austerity budgets have really worked well particularly mm. in a crisis like by the time you're in a crisis an austerity budget doesn't and hasn't there's no historical precedents we say yep yeah, yep yeah, that really worked that that helped that economy get out of trouble mm. so so that's what we've got in the UK at the moment i mean the, the other part of that story is inflation's running at 11.1% so inflation's very high and something needs to be done to get that under control. You do have the Bank of England raising rates. They rose 75 basis points at their last meeting in the beginning of the month. Um, yeah, eight increases in a row now for them. So yeah, so they 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 ta- they're trying to tackle inflation, but yeah. Mm. It's I mean it, but that said it was very like it was, you know, it was clearly with an eye to the markets and avoiding getting pummeled by it.
0: How did the markets react to did they like it?
1: Kind of meh, nah, whatever. Nah.
0: Oh, we got a new reaction from the markets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we've, we've had, <laughs> oh, what, and hooray, <laughs> right. but now we've got meh. Nah. <laughs> right, yeah. I'll add that to the list. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right, didn't care.
1: Yeah, not my, I mean, because there wasn't really much in it. Like, I mean, it sort of basically said, basically just came out and said, we care about the budget position. Mm. whereas the previous budget came out and said, we don't care about the budget position. We're going to keep spending and we're going to keep borrowing. And even though it seems like a really dumb idea to keep doing that, given that inflation's already off the hook, Mm. we're just going to keep doing it. And Marcus went, wow, what are you guys even doing? Mm. This one's like, it's sort of, it's what you'd expect a government to be doing with the current settings. Yeah, okay. Not so many surprises there, Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, while we're talking about this, I, we have got a uh, Akash uh, sent us a message at CV Podcast on Instagram. He's got a couple of questions, and I thought this would be a good time to bring them in. He's just asking uh, number one: the whole world is facing the risk of a recession. So, in the past couple of years, didn't a single leader think of doing things differently? And I'll ask the second question as well. Uh, second question is: it's common knowledge, I think. The money loses its value if handed out almost free and yet all the central banks kept doing it in the last few years. Not a single central bank boss thought about the repercussions. So I, you kind of combine those two into the same sort of thing, I think. Can't you? And so, so no leaders sort of saw all of this coming. I mean we've talked about MMT in the past.
1: I mean, you've got, to, you've got to put yourself back where, where we were in March 2020 and mm. those early days. Like, we're, like the chief medical officer was coming out and saying that Australia should prepare for 50,000 dead from COVID. Mm. Yeah. You know, we haven't even come close to that. So it really looked like things were, were collapsing at a, at a rapid pace. And mm. so the government, so on the fiscal side, governments really stepped in and went like, okay, let's, let's prop this up. Let's fill this with this gap. Mm. like JobKeeper in Australia and all of that. In hindsight, with the benefit of hindsight, we, they overclocked it. Mm. You know, it was too much given that the shock, but the shock was much less than we were expecting based on the medical advice. I mean, you know, everyone was doing their best. We just didn't know what, it was a, you know, mm. it's a new, whole new story. You know, the government's tried to rush in and, and plug that gap in demand and they overclocked it, but it was probably proportionate to the the shock that we were expecting we didn't mm. get that shock but compared to what we were expecting it was, pro- was probably about right.
0: It continued on for a fair while into it though, didn't it? Like once we, did we get a sense that yeah. the, the shock wasn't as bad as, as we thought yet governments still kept printing money and they still kept giving out money? I think t- to Akash's point, he also makes the point that it, it sounds like a scheme that was hatched by top leaders of the world to give free money to big businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, and it did have that feel at various stages throughout. But I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. But
1: um. yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's. I mean, I th- it's part of the mix. I think it was mm. probably that we're trying to save the economy, and if that ends up gi- giving big business lots of money, then oh, yeah. oh well, we we're, were okay with that.
0: Yeah. And, and it was and so like a you governance, at, if anything. Like it was like, yeah. oh, we're just going to give it out without really asking for anyone to tell us how they're spending it or how it's benefiting anybody. They just kind of... JobKeeper
1: was completely unaccountable. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, pretty gross. Mm. Yeah. But like, so that's that. And then also like on, and on the inflation side, like with the central banks, like kind of as we're saying, like it's still, like in Australia, inflation's all about supply shocks and mm. energy prices. It's not there in demand yet. It's not there in wages getting out of control. So it's not it's not clear to me that the inflation that we've got right now is money printing driven, right? You know, like it probably is to some degree, and, and sort of the, the cash handouts and that sort of thing. But it does it's not clear to me that it's a demand problem. You know, it's, and what about, it seems like it, what about the
0: UK? What about the UK's at eleven percent? Mm. Is that is that energy crisis or energy prices?
1: <laughs> prices? Yeah, I definitely think it's part of it. It's probably Brexit in there as well, pushing up costs. Oh, you reckon? Um, is that still
0: going? They yeah, do agree.
1: Really? Yeah. It's, no, it's still playing out. No, go. Yeah, really? yeah. Still <laughs> yeah, it's transitioning. <laughs> right. yeah do not I d I don't I don't know enough about it. But I think I think it's a reasonably common story and mm. you know, it's definitely it's part of the mix, but it's not like in terms of like did the central banks massively muff it up. Mm. I don't think so I think it was you know given the shock that we were expecting I think it was proportion and and it's also not inc- clear to me how much of the current inflation that we've got is due to that excess money printing versus mm. how much is due to the supply shocks and because I, I think a good because once you once you whack energy prices energy is a cornerstone commodity of the entire economy it feeds through into everything mm. so it's definitely you know it's an empirical question about how that breaks down. Like, you know, our 7%, how much of that's demand-driven and how much of it is supply shocks. Hmm. But I would think the bulk is supply. That would be my, my feeling.
0: I read, a, I read a fun fact the other day, and I'm not sure, don't, don't quote me on this, I'm not sure if it's true, but given the energy prices, the return on investment on solar now is down to, like, three years instead of ten years oh, or whatever right? it was before. Like, it's significantly mm. come down. Because we've been umming and ahhing about solar, um, oh, for ages, right. and then yeah, I read that the other day, and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe that's not the worst thing to buy at the moment. Mm. Um, if you, yeah, I don't know. That's just my own my own musings. Um, mm. All we need now is the bloody sun to come out. That'd be nice. It's only halfway through November, and it still feels like winter here in Adelaide. I don't know about how the rest of the country is going, but it's freezing. Well, hopefully that's uh, answered Arkaish's question. Uh, yeah, feel free to send us a message at CVE Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> All right, finally today, Thomas, apparently the World Cup has an impact on liquidity. What are mm. we talking about here?
1: Yeah, so well, the World Cup's kicked off mm. yeah, uh, in Qatar. The soccer um, World
0: Cup, that is, in soccer. World you're Cup, not yeah. aware. FIFA mm. World Cup, yep. Yeah. Mm, mm. I'm not sure if we're even allowed to say these words. Like I think that, like sponsorship deals are so tight that you need a licence just to utter the words FIFA World Cup. Really? Or Soccer right World Cup. Yeah, you probably got to call it like right now we're talking about the big football festival happening <laughs> in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> Still, you know, come after us, FIFA. Bring yeah. it. What do you got? You're in a rabble at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah so, but there's some um, research out of Monash University um, mm. looked at what happens to equity markets when the World Cup's on um, during trading hours. They right. did a big study looked at 95 matches across 24 markets. Mm. Um, and what they found probably you know not super surprisingly is there's a lot less trading during the game. So 29% so trading's 29% trading volumes are 29% below average during a game. Right. But then they spike in the halftime break and also in the half hour before kickoff. Half hour before kickoff, they're up 22% as people try to fill their trades before the game begins.
0: I mean, we, we often talk on this show, that, and if you listen to Equity Mates at all, investing is not like gambling. But this does sound a hell of a lot like getting your bets on before kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a, maybe a cheeky half-time, full-time <laughs> wager or something. Um this is only, it only affects the markets of the country who's involved or is it any World Cup game? No,
1: yeah, no, So in, in the country that's competing in the game. Right. So, like, if, if France is playing and the French share market is open. I
0: hope this didn't catch anyone out trying to trade on the uh, Quito stock exchange in Ecuador last night. <laughs> The Quito. What <laughs> That's what it's called. That's yeah, the Ecuadorian wow. stock exchange. Is the Quito stock exchange? Mm,
1: right. Sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can watch out for that. Liquidity dries up a bit during the games. If we don't have to worry about it in Australia, I don't think I've got any any games happening inside tr- trading hours of the ASX. But. No,
0: in fact, I think uh, Australia will be playing as this podcast is released, so Wednesday morning, uh, uh-huh. about five thirty my time, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be definitely getting up for that. But uh, yeah, so yeah, ASX won't be open. Slackers, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, probably watching the game. Um, so okay, so what does it mean? How, how can we can we profit from this this newfound knowledge? Well, the the guy heading up the
1: the, the study. I've lost his name now, but he, he was saying that... Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. the, I'm sure he only put he only put <laughs> like 12 months' worth of research and hard work into it. <laughs> this is my crowning achievement. This study, Ooh. this is <laughs> going to put me on the map. <laughs> First podcast talking about it. I forget his name. Anyway, he, was, yeah, he did yeah. a study. But no, he's saying like
1: with, with, the, with the bump in liquidity at the start, so if you've got a big trade that you're trying to unwind and you don't want to, you know... Knock the price by um, with the, with your big trade, you can mm. disguise it in that in that jump in liquidity at the start right uh, It's one way you could use it to your advantage or um are saying like if people are selling during the game, it means they might you know willing they need they probably need to sell so you might be able to pick yourself up a bargain <laughs> buy cheap.
0: <laughs> they need to sell because they probably dropped a gorilla on the socceroos <laughs> <laughs> So you said there was a spike in trading volume during halftime as well? Yeah yeah yeah. Right. yeah. there might be people enjoying the corporate package as well at the at the lunch in between because they're the only ones who can get the beers too. Did you see yeah. that that Qatar's uh, banned oh, selling yeah, beers yeah, at the stadium? That's <laughs>
1: Yeah, and Budweiser is like the FIFA sponsor.
0: Oh, it's a mess.
1: hundred-odd million-dollar deal to be the sponsor now that...
0: Budweiser is <laughs> the official contracted beer supplier to FIFA at all of its <laughs> official FIFA events. And two days before the World Cup kicks off, the Qatar Organising Committee, whoever it was, came mm. out and were like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're not going to sell alcohol at the stadiums anymore. Mm. So it's going to be, be beer-free. At, at the stadiums, mm. there will be riots. Would mark my word. Like I, I don't know if you've seen the fan the fan zones, where they do sell beer. There's fan zones, uh, which are like like still under construction as people are arriving. Oh um, really? So yeah. yeah, I imagine yeah. I don't want to, yeah, again, I don't want to hang shit on the English, but once the English get there, <laughs> there's no beers. <laughs> I'm sure we've all seen the football riots before. Oh, man. was I mean, a bit sad. Like like on one hand, like it's pretty frustrating because it's two days before kickoff and then you announce it. Like so people have booked their tickets, they've already made yeah. their travel plans and accommodation. They're going there with certain expectations. And I know that it's, you know, I think it's the one of the... um one of the sheiks who's in charge was kind of like, no, this goes against is not culturally, this is not what we do here in Qatar. Mm, mm. Uh, it doesn't align with our values. So and you know, you you can respect that. But I think two days before kickoff, after you've said to FIFA who said to Budweiser, (laughs) Yeah, it's on. Like imagine ordering like kegs and kegs for your for your party and then your mum and dad like, oh, you know, for your 18th birthday or something. And your mum and dad like, sorry, we can't have we can't serve beers. Let's let's get Jono to take it back. (laughs) Take it back. (laughs) Yeah, but it's kind. It's also kind of sad because, like, I think we should be able to host a a sporting event without alcohol. Like, it shouldn't need Mm. to have alcohol. Like, I went to, um, I actually went to England versus India here at the Adelaide Oval for the semi-final of the T Twenty World Cup. Um, and sat among the Indian fans and um. by and large weren't drinking at all. Like they, there was barely a drink between them and the atmosphere and the fun was just like it was infectious. It was just like everyone was having a great time and it wasn't because they were all drunk. I mean, mm. yeah, and I, I was having a great time. I mean, admittedly, I was drunk as ten men but <laughs> I did... <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to do some heavy lifting here. I just had to. <laughs> had to yeah, <laughs> i was getting sore shoulders from carrying everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but no, I think yeah, mm. be, it would be. It, maybe it'll be yeah. like a revelation. Maybe at the end of it, it'll be like, wow, yeah. that was actually really good and really a really positive thing, and maybe it changed the future of sport. No. Who knows? Yeah. It is soccer, though. I do think you do want to be altered. <laughs> Come on, man! Because <laughs> the soccer rose kickoff in literally less than two days. You got to get on board here. Mm. Uh, all right, you can still get Bud Zero. They're going to try and sell zero alcohol beer inside the stadiums instead. I don't think. I don't know. Not sure. That's a. I don't think that's going to placate the the hordes of of travelling English as they arrive. <laughs> It's okay, let's, I got zeroes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible English accent. Uh, all right, why don't we leave it there? Uh, that does us for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoy all the shows. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again next time. Bye for now.
1: You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community.
0: 697.